Hello everyone and welcome back to the latest episode of America's Recap. We're going to take a look at the last week, the most major events that happened. We're going to give some context on each event and then we're going to hold a discussion at the end. I hope you're all doing well. Let's get right into it. So let's begin with what happened last weekend, which was May 30th and June 1st, when we learned that Minnesota Attorney General Keith Ellison will lead prosecutions related to the death of George Floyd last week. Ellison, who's a Democrat, vowed that justice would be brought against Floyd amidst concerns that the investigation may not fully prosecute the officers at hand. Uh, So at this point, the attorney general is responsible for delegating the charges on Floyd. And the biggest question this week has been whether it would be second degree murder or third degree murder. Uh, Previously, the charges were for third degree murder, meaning that the officer did not mean to kill Floyd. Second degree means that he had the intent and that he knew what he was doing. And in that case, uh, he killed Floyd. Now they're pursuing a second degree charge, which is going to be harder to prove in court because you have to prove intent. But if he's convicted, he can be convicted for up to 45 years instead of 30 years. And cities across the U.S. like Los Angeles, Minneapolis and Tampa announced curfews ranging in the general area of 6 to 8 p.m. In Minneapolis, video footage showed local police heavily enforcing the rule by driving through local neighborhoods and ordering all residents into their homes. These curfews actually ended later this week, but they were in response to all the protests. And over the weekend, SpaceX's Crew Dragon capsule successfully docked autonomously into the International Space Station after its delayed launch on Saturday. This is the first time a capsule has ever autonomously docked into a space station, and uh, this is the first launch from U.S. soil since 2011. And now on Monday, President Donald Trump, during a speech on the White House Rose Garden, threatened to invoke the centuries-old Insurrection Act. The Insurrection Act is a law that gives the president the authority to send U.S. military into domestic areas of the country to end domestic unrest. This, of course, never actually happened. He just threatened the use of it uh, after uh, two generals, which we're going to get to later, uh, openly combated or disagreed with Trump on this decision. Uh, This has marked the week of growing tensions between the people who are protesting and government officials all across the country. And private medical examiners hired by the family of George Floyd revealed that Mr. Floyd died as a result of suffocation caused by the compression of his neck and back by the officer whose name is Derek Chauvin. The examiners concluded that the manner of the death was homicide, which goes in direct contrast to what the uh, Minnesota County was saying before. The county's medical examiner was saying that Uh, Floyd only died due to heart disease and drug use, which contributed to his death, along with the tense situation. But now, uh, the county actually revised its report hours after the private one came out, saying that he died from cardiopulmonary arrest due to law enforcement restraint. And Louisville police officer Steve Conrad was fired after black resident David McCaddy, uh, yeah, McCaddy was shot to death during a police response to a curfew violation. 
the problem that we're seeing now is the enforcement of these curfews and uh, some officers have taken or sorry some departments have taken a stronger stance than others it's generated some violence which we're going to go through throughout the week and it's also generated a lot of tension on tuesday six atlanta police officers were arrested after being caught on video tasing two black college students who were violating the 9 p.m. curfew in the city. This is exactly what I'm talking about. The officers are accused of aggravated assault and illegally pointing a taser after these students were tased in order to pull them out of the car. Again, we're going to see more like this throughout the week. And on Tuesday, in a leaked call with Facebook employees, CEO Mark Zuckerberg attempted to defend his decision to keep Trump's posts up on his platforms, Facebook and Instagram. The key here is that platforms have been struggling with whether or not to censor Trump on what he says on each platform. Uh, If you remember last week, I said that Twitter added a fact-checked label to uh, Trump, some of Trump's tweets, which were, uh, as Twitter deemed, inaccurate. But other platforms like Facebook and Instagram are leaning against uh, enforcing their rules on political officials or major officials. And Zuckerberg basically said that while he disagrees with what Trump is saying, he doesn't think that uh, it should be taken down or that it should be censored in any way. But he warned that it may happen in the future. On Wednesday, Minnesota attorney, Minnesota's Attorney General Keith Ellison upgraded the prosecution charge, again, like I mentioned earlier, to second-degree murder from its former charge of third-degree murder. And the three other officers who were involved in the situation with George Floyd were charged with aiding and abetting second-degree murder along with the second-degree murder charge of Derek Chauvin. And they were brought into custody on Wednesday. Also on Wednesday, the Trump administration said that it will ban all commercial passenger flights by Chinese airlines starting on June 16th and for the foreseeable future beyond that date. This decision comes as uh, China's, uh, China announced a ban on U.S. airlines in China, and companies like Air China and China Eastern Airlines will be directly impacted. Uh, basically, this is a uh, further escalate, escalation of the tension between these two countries, especially after the virus hit and Trump has gone to uh, blaming China, maybe perhaps for the spread of the virus. Uh, the tension has gone even worse and we can see that now with uh, the both countries blocking the other's airlines. And last on Wednesday, after a consideration to bring U.S. military troops into Washington, D.C., President Trump actually decided to send the majority of the troops back to their home bases. This came after former Defense Secretary Jim Mattis and current Defense Secretary Mark Esper both directly disagreed with the president's decision to utilize military troops to quell the protests. And this is a little bit historic for, for not necessarily for Trump, as many officials have disagreed with him, but more so in the sense that uh, tensions have been rising amidst his administration. And on Thursday, President Trump signed an executive order that will instruct all government agencies to waive long-standing environmental regulations and reviews to speed up the federal review process of new highways, pipelines, mines, and more, all of which Trump claims are being hindered by the government's extensive environmental reviews for each project. This is actually 
the big discussion for today. It's surrounding regulation, which, you know, the Republican Party has for a long, long time always been against excessive regulation. And we're going to look at how Trump's decision plays into the greater historical context of that. So I'll talk about it more later. The NBA's Board of Governors voted 29 to 1 to approve a plan that would allow 22 basketball teams to continue the 2019 to 2020 season in late July at a campus location near Orlando. The top 13 teams from the Western Conference, as well as the top 9 teams from the Eastern Conference, will play, and the remaining 8 teams will not be participating due to their low prospects of entering the playoffs. Uh, they will play from July 31st until October with no fans in attendance. And finally on Thursday, after the U.S. decision to ban all commercial flights from Chinese airlines, China announced that it will back down and that it would start to allow U.S. airline carriers to operate again in China, de-escalating the situation as China backs down. On Friday, an entire unit of the Buffalo Police Department resigned from their positions after two officers were caught on video and suspended after they shoved a 75-year-old man to the ground, causing a head injury for the now stable man. All 57 members of the department's emergency response team resigned, leaving no one available to respond to the riots and crowd control situations in Buffalo. If you've actually seen the video, it is quite disturbing. Uh, the man walks up to an officer. He's not threatening him at all. He's, uh, it appears as though he's asking something. And one of the officers from the back who is marching forward shoves the man and he falls to the ground. And he's clearly bleeding on the ground. Uh, it, this is not surprising to see, but we'll have to uh, look at how it plays into the Buffalo Police Department over time. The Minnesota Department of Human Rights, in agreement with Minneapolis city officials, approved a measure to ban the use of chokeholds by Minneapolis police officers and to require that all officers are required to report colleagues when they are seen using unauthorized force. Officers who do not follow these rules will be immediately subject to arrest, even officers who do not partake in the actions, but um, officers who do not do anything to stop them. This is the first part in what is hopefully a series of reforms uh, of police departments across the nation to, to heal this divide and to sort of fix the problems that are core in the policing system. Nightly curfews ended in areas like Minneapolis, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C., as city officials are looking to minimize the levels of tension over the coming days. And finally, for this week, NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said that the National Football League will rescind their former stance against kneeling during the National Anthem. If you remember, a few years ago, uh, there was a football player named Colin Kaepernick who kneeled during a football game, and he endured harsh, harsh criticism from not only the NFL, but from President Trump and from officials all across the spectrum. Now, Roger Goodell is saying that he apologizes for that stance, and he admits that the NFL was wrong. He now is encouraging players to peacefully protest as they want, um, and he's saying that the NFL will support the rights of all players to protest both on and off the court. That is all the major news for this week. Now I'm going to go into a little discussion about the um, regulatory measures that I talked about on Thursday, so stay tuned.
So let me start out by giving an important perspective on what Trump is thinking right now. And throughout this whole discussion, I'm going to try to take the most non-biased view possible. I'm not saying anything I say is good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it how it is. Uh, and you can interpret that however you want. So what I'm going to talk about is Trump's decision over the past few days, um, which has been to waive a lot of regulations that the federal government has, which um, he and other Republicans believe has hindered a lot of economic development. And he's doing this, uh, obviously, because the economy is not doing so well right now. And this is likely the same reason why he chose to reopen the economy so early and why he's so eager on getting people back to work. This also plays in very importantly to the 2020 election. Uh, if you don't know, uh, it's almost confirmed now that Joe Biden will be the Democratic nominee and Donald Trump will obviously be the Republican nominee. And uh, setting those two up, you have to look at their strengths and their weaknesses. For Biden, it's really about restoring the state of this country. That's his whole pitch. It's that to restore honor to the country. But for Trump, a lot of it actually rests on the economy, which is something that he has used throughout the last three, four years to not only propel himself to the presidency, but to improve his state while he's in it. So, you know, while he was running, he, you know, talked about how he would cut taxes and how he would he would improve the economy greatly. And, you know, to some extent, he delivered on that with just raw figures, right? You look at unemployment in the months before the pandemic, and they were obviously the lowest that they had ever been. There's an argument to be made that this was just an aftermath of the Obama administration, but nevertheless, Trump took advantage of it. He used that to say how he has been a great president for the economy, how he outdid Obama. And, you know, while some of them might be excessiveness, it worked, right? It's working to propel his base to say, wow, he has the lowest black unemployment rate. He has the lowest, uh, you know, joblessness rate and people who are on food stamps. Regardless, that's his whole pitch. That's why this is so important. This pandemic could uh, undo all of that. If you remember in the peak of the virus state, uh, we were looking at unemployment figures around 18, 19%, which is one of the highest in US history ever. Uh, and you know, while the pandemic was not, obviously Trump did not you know, have much to do with creating it, his response to it and the way that he handled it definitely played an impact, whether good or bad, into the uh, economic fallout. And now we are in a very tense situation. Thousands, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of businesses have gone out of business. Um, millions of people have permanently lost their jobs at this point. Um, and it is up to Trump in some respect to measure whether or not this will be a recession or whether or not this will be a depression or whether or not we will get back to normal. And it's very hard to say at this point whether or not we will get back to normal. But that's what Trump is trying to do. So exactly what he did is uh, remove the requirement for federal agencies to, uh, and specifically for the EPA,
to look at the environmental impact of a new infrastructure project. So for example, if any company is trying to uh, manufacture, sorry, to build a new highway, let's say, a major infrastructure project, there has to be extensive review in the sense that they have to allow the people to give their opinion on the project. They have to conduct an environmental survey to see the impact that the highway could have. And, uh, you know, it's a two-sided situation, right? Because on one hand, before this law, uh, you were having projects that were devastating local habitats and local environments. On the other hand, from Trump's point of view, this is harming the uh, private industry, right? This is slowing them down. This is a common Republican point of view, is that excessive regulation is never good, whereas Democrats are trying to pass more regulation in, you know, in some respects. So what Trump is saying is not just this, he's also telling every federal agency, uh, you have the discretion now whether or not you want to have any regulations at all, right? You get to pick and choose which ones you want to enforce and choose in the name of preserving the economy. So at this point, we now have to see what each federal agency does, not just what Trump does. And the fallout from that could be a lot greater than we're expecting, right? Let's say that the uh, head of the EPA is a incredibly pro-Trump person. I'm not sure if he or she is, but if they are, they likely are, then, uh, you know, they could have devastating impact upon the regulations that have been in place for years, not just from Obama, but these are regulations that have been in place for 50, 60, 70 years or more. Um, these are common statutes of environmental review saying, for example, a power plant cannot emit X particles of this dangerous compound into the air. Trump waived that. Or saying, uh, you know, a company cannot, uh, you know, damage a local habitat and kill an endangered species or build in an area with an endangered species. Uh, Trump ended that. This, along with hundreds and thousands of more regulations, have basically been killed by this. Um, again, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just pointing this as this is the Republican intention, and it has been for a long time. Trump, for a year, a year before this, has been talking endlessly about ending regulations, about not all, obviously, but about ending useless regulations, about improving the state of the economy to the point where he has the best economy ever in American history. That is his goal, and it is a huge fighting point for him in this election season. That's the problem, right? The problem is that he most likely does not have that anymore. Uh, I th we just saw unemployment figures released this week. They were looking at about 13 or 14 percent, which is certainly down from the 18 percent, but it's nowhere near the three or four percent that we saw as a low during his administration. And I don't think it will return to that way before the election. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Mathematically, um, it would not add up unless th hundreds of thousands of jobs were created. Um, and this could spell a very, very interesting future for the election. And again, I'm not going to make any predictions. I'm going to tell you just some indicators for what is happening. Uh, this, the economic crisis, could hamper Trump's re-election. Also, the Black Lives Matter protests all across the country, a lot of people have not liked 
Trump's response to that. And this has been a mainly a youth movement, actually. People generally under 30 who are going out and protesting. Again, I'm not saying it's everyone, but this has been a very popular sentiment among the youth to fight for Black Lives Matter. So it might not have as much of an impact as the economic one, but it certainly will play a role in the election. Um, and that is something that I'm going to be following very heavily this year. Uh, that's something, the election in particular. Uh, I find these uh, things very interesting, right? Especially, right, before, uh, before, let me go back to 2016. Before 2016, uh, many elections were, uh, you, know, you know, more serious in the sense that uh, not many people would sort of dramatize it or make it to the point of where Donald Trump has become today. But 2016 changed all of that. Whether or not it was Trump's uh, new personality which changed that, whether or not it was Clinton's extremely high polling in the days before the election and all of a sudden she lost, which was incredible. Um, very few people expected that on the Democratic side. And I want to see if that repeats itself this election season between Trump and Biden. Because right now, if you look at the polls, Biden is polling 8, 9, 10, sometimes 12 points higher than Trump all across the nation. Right? The polls are showing something very clearly, and they're, they're saying that Biden will win. But at the same time, polls have, since 2016, we've grown to distrust them. I don't trust them at all. I think that for Hillary, she was polling at least 10, 15, sometimes 20 points higher than Trump. I remember there was a CNN poll saying that she had an 80% chance of winning in just a few days before the election. And look what happened. Um, and it's going to be hard to guess at it, right? I'm still conflicted over that. I still don't know which one will win. Uh, if I'm going to make my guess, it would be that Trump would win. Again, not saying that's good, not saying that's bad. That's just my true, honest guess because I, uh, again, think that his base is very, very loyal to him. But in the larger historical context of things, I think it's very important to look at these things, to look at the regulations. How would that impact Trump's re-election? To look at the Black Lives Matter protests. Also, how would that impact the re-election? And this can give a better idea of not only who we want to vote for, but who we think will win. So thank you very much for everyone who tuned in today. A special note at the end, if you reached all the way here, is that I've actually purchased a new microphone and I was wondering if you have a personal connection to me, if you could tell me whether or not the quality is better or whether it's worse. I would really appreciate that. Again, thank you all for listening. You all have a good weekend and I'll see you again next Saturday. Goodbye.